Happy Labor Day, everybody. Welcome to sports tonight here on this Labor Day Monday. I'm sports producer Scott Pennyman, uh, all by myself, just kind of hanging solo today. Of course, everybody wanted the day off because it's Labor Day, right? So who really wants to labor on Labor Day? But I'm all good for it here because this is coming off um, a tremendous weekend of sports. Just when you think about college football, really getting into full swing this past week. So um, really a lot to unpack from this weekend of college football. Um, first of all, can't start talking about college football this weekend um, unless you really start on Colorado against TCU. Deion Sanders, Coach Prime, in his first, uh, I guess you can say, uh, D1 uh, college football game, uh, playing with the big boys and uh, uh, coaching a power five out in Colorado. Of course, that was one of the biggest stories in the offseason was – you know, could Dion make the transition from Jackson State uh, and, and doing a really, really good job there to making the transition to playing, uh, to, well, not playing, but to coaching at a Power Five? Um, he, he had to do a lot of transferring. Uh, he had to do a lot of transformation of that roster this past offseason, right? Because Colorado only won one football game last season. So. There was a lot of talent. There was a lot of talent. That roster needed uh, some tremendous upgrades of talent. Um, and Dion did that. He plucked a lot of guys uh, from the transfer portal. Obviously brought his son, Shador, uh, over to play quarterback. Uh, Travis Hunter uh, over, who was a former five-star from right here in the Atlanta area. Um, brought him with him across the country to Colorado. And boy, did those guys make a tremendous impact uh, in that first game, I mean, just when you think about it, when you think of the kind of athlete that Travis Hunter was, right? Five-star talent um, from right here uh, in the Atlanta area. And he played 110 snaps in the game. Both sides of the ball, starting at wide receiver, had 11 catches for about, what, 109 yards, 119 yards, I think. Uh, big game for Travis Hunter on the offensive side of the ball. And then on defense... Um, really played lockdown corner, came up with one of the biggest defensive plays in that game, big interception, uh, stopped a TCU drive. I mean, when you think about, uh, you know, just the dynamic of Travis Hunter, really, to me, that was a really good selling point. To me, that was probably the selling point when you think about Travis, who uh, really kind of shocked the recruiting world when he uh, decided to go to Jackson State and go be with Deion Sanders, then a year later, goes with him to Colorado, it's very easy to see what that selling point was. It was pretty much, look, follow me to Colorado, and I'll make you the next Deion Sanders. And that's kind of what, when you think about Travis Hunter and his skill set and his ability, he's really looking like he can be the next Deion Sanders. When you look at his ability to play lockdown corner. Now, look, I'm not saying that he's going to be as good as Deion Sanders. We don't know. Only time will tell. But when you look at his skill set, when you look at what he can do on the football field on both sides of the ball. I mean, to be able to make 11 catches, I mean, he was Colorado's go-to receiver in that 45-42 to 42 win. Uh, and then turning the attention to Shadur Sanders. <laughs> he was another guy who was a, a four-star prospect coming out of high school. I don't know why there were doubts about could he make the transition to playing at a Power 5 because here's a guy who was a – a, a very highly rated prospect coming out of high school. He goes to Jackson State only to play for his dad. He had the ability to play anywhere. He got offers from Alabama. He had offers from all kinds of schools around the country. He chose to go to Jackson State because he wanted to play for his dad. 
So now he transfers with his dad to Colorado and has one of the most prolific passing days in Colorado football history. 510 yards passing. Um, his, I mean, just from that game alone, when you look at his ability to be able to have poise in the pocket, his ability to deliver very accurate passes from the pocket, outside the pocket, move around the pocket, how could you not have watched that game and thought Shadur Sanders right now is probably a top five prospect at quarterback in this year's NFL draft? And probably the ability to move up. We'll see. We'll see how the season goes. I mean, obviously, you know, He's not going to throw for 510 yards every single week. Uh, that would be a little bit kind of too much to ask. But, man, just in one week alone, when you look at what Coach Prime was able to do um, and all that, you know, just getting those different kind of players and everything like that and all that to beat the national runner-up last year. I mean, TCU was playing for a national championship last season. Not sure they lost some – obviously lost some guys from that roster, but – you can see the kind of magnitude of the kind of team that Dion was up against in week one. And he, his guys found a way to pull it out. And I guess they've already done well because they've already matched their win total last season. Um, so, yeah, I mean, when you look at kind of what this team could be this season, look, I don't know how many games they're going to win. But when you look at sort of their potential, the potential of a lot of the guys who are on that roster, it seems like there's endless possibilities. I mean, even look at. Dylan Edwards in, in the backfield, he was a freshman. I guess he first committed to Notre Dame, changed his mind, uh, went to go play for Coach Prime in Colorado. The man scored four touchdowns in his very first college football game. I mean, it, there's just so many things to unpack, but a tremendous effort. You know, look, I don't know how many games they're going to win this year, like I said, but a tremendous start, uh, a very improbable start for um, a coach and a team that was probably counted out by many to start the college football season. And just to have them play as well as they did in the opening game was nothing short of spectacular. I mean, Shadur Sanders, I mean, just watching him, I watched him in that game, and I'm thinking, wow, look at his poise in that pocket. I mean, 38 for 47, 510 yards, and four touchdown passes. I mean... I think you're going to be hard-pressed to find a better quarterback, period, in the country than Shador right now. I mean, obviously, you got Caleb Williams at USC. I mean, you know, uh, Michael Penix Jr. out at Washington. Yeah, I mean, there's some really quality quarterbacks. Drake May at North Carolina. There's some really quality quarterbacks, but let me tell you, if Shador, <laughs> if this is any sample of what this season is going to be like, he's going to be right there with the rest of those guys. So, big win. Big win for Colorado, week one. Um... And we'll see as they move on. They host Nebraska next week. So we'll see what kind of team they could be as the season moves on. But probably a better start than anybody could have ever imagined. And so I was thrilled watching that game. And that's one thing when when I talked about this past offseason um, that I thought Georgia Tech should have made a run. I even reposted that on my social media pages this, uh, this weekend because a few months ago we were sitting here doing this show. And I thought that Georgia Tech should have made a bigger run for Coach Prime. And that's part of the reason. Not just because, it wasn't just because I thought they would necessarily uh, be a juggernaut of a football team, but college football is so much about the kind of players that you could recruit. And let me just be real people will follow Deion Sanders to go to play for him because he's that sort of inspirational leader. He's a. Hall of Fame uh, player, so he can tell you how to get where you want to be. With all due respect to Brent Key, not too many people are coming to Georgia Tech because of Brent Key, because of his name. 
So that's why I thought, with no disrespect to him, that's why I thought Deion Sanders would have been so much of a better fit at Georgia Tech, given the fact that he was a Hall of Fame player for the Falcons. He's already got the the name value. He's got the area locked down. I could just, man, I could just imagine the possibilities um, had they made that move. But things happen the way they did for a reason, and we'll all kind of move on. Uh, so... Kansas got back from UGA today, went out there for their oppressor, Kirby Smart. They beat up on uh, Tennessee Martin, as most people uh, would have expected. 48-7 to was the final. <laughs> That's pretty much the way you thought that game would go. I mean, Tennessee Martin struggled to move the ball to the 50-yard line most of the day. So uh, that wasn't really a real test. You don't really know a lot about what that team is going to be about this year just by watching that football game. But I think kind of what they talked about was – their ability to be able to clean some things up is what they're going to have to do this week. And, um, you know, Kirby talked a lot about just kind of tightening up some things on both sides of the ball. So they'll play ball, they'll play ball state this week. So they'll have another big opportunity to do that because ball state won't provide much of an opposition for them this week. Um, so that'll be another opportunity for them to get ready for sec play. And that's really what these first two games were all about for them. Uh, obviously Carson Beck getting his feet wet as a starter of the, of the team. He did a really nice job in this, uh, past week's game maybe started a little bit slow but then kind of got on track and had a really good game so yeah I mean I think this week was all about them uh getting their feet wet on this season and um really just getting prepared for SEC play because let's be real they won't probably face a team that will be able to really compete against them I guess South Carolina could be competitive against them but they probably won't play a game that they can actually lose until they play Auburn I mean that that's probably the first game on their roster that you go hmm you know if they come out there sluggish they can maybe lose this game because there's not really a game before that they could probably play their C plus game and probably still get past most of these opponents so uh not much you can really tell from that first game so We'll just look forward to what they have in SEC play. Like I said, Ball State this coming week, another team that they're that they should be able to manhandle. This is going to be another one of those fifty-six to seven sort of games <laughs> and that sort of thing. So, not much to see there. Um, but when you look around the SEC as a whole, a lot of SEC teams struggled this past week. Uh, three of them lost. South Carolina lost to North Carolina. You have. Um, I was just trying to think about this before I came. I'm looking at all of the SEC teams. Florida. Florida got beat up pretty good by Utah in that opener on Thursday. And uh, then you had um, – what's the other uh, SEC loss here? I go to – I don't know, three teams. Oh, obviously last night LSU. LSU got drew up pretty good by uh, – uh, for the second year in a row by Florida State. They got beat two years in a row now by Florida State. So, rough start for Brian Kelly again uh, in LSU. There's going to be a lot of people who don't like Brian Kelly because, quite frankly, he's not that much of a likable guy. Uh who are who are going to call for his head uh, after a loss like that? Um, I'm pretty sure the LSU fan base isn't that impressed by Brian Kelly because look, when you come in with that sort of expectation, when you come in with the sort of name that he came in with, with the sort of talk that he came in with from Notre Dame, taking him to a couple national championship uh, you know, playoffs. You know, he took Notre Dame to the playoffs a couple times. They played the national championship game. That level of expectation was once he gets SEC level players. He's going to be able to take that team to new heights. And I guess you could say so far that hasn't really happened because he started slow back-to-back years with opening losses to Florida State. So I can understand if LSU fans are a little bit upset right now. 
Uh, same thing with Florida. Florida's been kind of a disappointment there since Billy since Billy Napier came. They haven't played up to their level of capabilities. They've been they've been struggling to hang on here in the SEC. You got to wonder how much longer Billy Napier is going to get uh, at Florida, just because he he seems to kind of be on shaky ground already. Uh, they aren't happy after they you know like just very lackluster performance against Utah uh, in the opening game. So I, those are two coaches who already. And look, there's a lot of pressure in SEC. When you play SEC football, there's a lot of pressure because you're being measured against Nick Saban. You're being measured against Kirby Smart. You're being measured against coaches who compete and win championships every single year. Um, And those fan bases expect those teams to be able to compete for championships every single year. Because when you look at Florida, that's what Urban Meyer did when he was there. Um, When you look at um, even LSU. You know, they have a standard of winning. Just a few years ago, they won a national championship with Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and those guys. So there's a very high standard for those schools. And you got to wonder how long they're going to stick it out with their current coaches if things continue to not go the way that they think they should go. So those are definitely some storylines to keep an eye on. Uh, Some other teams in the SEC really struggling to hang on. Um, But last but not least... Week one of the NFL starts this week. NFL football is back. This is game week for a lot of different teams. Uh, the Thursday night game uh, will be Detroit versus uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. A lot of, I guess I would say some of the more interesting storylines coming up this year. Um, really just things to keep an eye on. I think one of those is we're going to pretty much get a good feel of right off the bat when you look at Kansas City and their contract situation with Chris Jones. Looks like that's going to drag into the season here. I mean, the man wants what he wants. The man wants his money. I mean, what can I say here? I'm I'm never going to complain about a player going for their money. When you look at how much money the NFL makes, when you look at um, the physical toll it takes on your body to play NFL football, no way. No way I'm going to blame a guy like Chris Jones trying to get every single dollar that he can get. The man wants more money than Aaron Donald. He wants an Aaron Donald-type contract. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say that he's the caliber of player Aaron Donald is, but when you look what he means to that Kansas City Chiefs team, I mean, they've won a couple Super Bowls. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes is the biggest piece there. But Chris Jones has been the most valuable piece to that defense. And so we're going to see what kind of football team they are on that side of the ball. We're going to find out really quick when they play a Lions team on Thursday night who's probably going to run the ball right where he should be uh, on that spot on the defensive line. So, yeah, and look, I understand how this works, especially when you have a great quarterback. That's kind of just the way the salary structure works in the NFL. When you're paying a guy like Patrick Mahomes, I think his contract is worth, what, like $400 million? So when you're paying a quarterback that kind of money, you've got to pick and choose who you pay with the rest of the roster because the quarterback takes up the quarterback takes up so much of the salary cap that you have to really, really be um, it forces you to be really choosy about who you take care of on the rest of that roster. So we saw for years. I mean, you know, even with the New England Patriots, even though Tom Brady wasn't making. Uh, necessarily uh, top dollar or as much as he could have gotten, 
He made a lot of money. So then the Patriots over those years had a lot of choices to make on who to keep. And they let a lot of good players go. When you think about even like in 2002, when they let Lawyer Malloy go, they had to let guys like Richard Seymour go. They had to let guys like Chandler Jones go. That's just the cost of doing business when you win every single year, when you're paying a quarterback a lot of money. And so those are some of the choices that the Kansas City Chiefs are at right now because they've sort of taken over the New England Patriots as the dominant team, uh, probably in pro football, but definitely in the AFC. They have choices to make because if you're going to pay Patrick Mahomes the money that he's worth, then you have to pay Patrick Mahomes. He's the best player in the National Football League. Um, so when you take care of him, it really leaves the rest of the roster. It really leaves you having tough choices to make with the rest of, with the rest of the roster. Uh, they've had to make him already. When you look at Tyron Matthew a few years ago, he's still playing pretty good ball. They had to let him walk. They had to let Tyreek Hill walk a few um, last year. So they've already had to make some tough choices. Um, and it seems like they're about to have to make more tough choices with Chris Jones. But also, look, I'm always, I'm almost always for the players in these situations because there's a lot of money to be made from NFL football. This league makes billions per year. And for what they put their bodies and their minds through week after week, I say, Chris Jones, go for every dollar because there's a business aspect to this. Owners are going to owners of NFL teams are going to always try to make every dollar that they can, whether it's advertisements, whether it's uh, fan revenue, whether no matter what owners will always try to make every dollar they can. So why should players not think the same way? So if I'm a guy like Chris Jones or even Nick Bosa out in San Francisco, I say go for every dollar you can get because owners are going to go for every dollar they can get. You as players need to have that same mentality and you need to go for every dollar that you can get. So that's my piece on that. So um, really big sports week up, up ahead. Um, that's kind of what's on my mind. Uh, obviously, this is one of the great times of year right here when you think about sports because you got college football going. You got baseball sort of heading towards their home stretch. The Braves playing great baseball. Uh, they're about to wrap things up here. And just all these sports kind of coming to a head uh, really makes it for a really fun time of year. Uh, and the NFL is about to get started up. Uh, Falcons, they'll open. Uh, what an exciting opener they have. I mean, they have the Carolina Panthers coming to town, number one overall pick, Bryce Young. He'll be on the field front and center next Sunday, uh, this Sunday. So, yeah, I mean, just a lot of really cool things to look forward to um, for this coming week. So, And we're just getting started. It's only Monday. It's only Monday. We're going to have a lot to talk about here on Sports Tonight for the rest of this week. So just make sure that you listen to us, listen to Sports Tonight, uh, the Sports Night podcast. Uh, just type in AtlantaNewsFirst.com slash sports slash tonight, and you can listen wherever you get your podcast at. So whether it's Apple, iTunes, no matter where, Spotify, download us, listen to us, because we're going to have a whole lot to talk about this week uh, on Sports Tonight. I mean, you're pretty sure to get some very uh, spirited talk if it's just one of us, and if it's more than one of us, very spirited debates. So uh, just listen to that. Hey, look, there's going to be a lot of traffic this week, people going back to work and everything like that. You might be stuck in your car for 30, 45 minutes in one of those traffic jams on 285 or no matter what busy highway you live around, uh, around this country. Listen to the app. Listen to us on Sports Tonight. Check us out. All right. Well, that's Sports Tonight here uh, on a Monday. Everybody uh, get back to enjoying the rest of your Labor Day and we'll check you out tomorrow. See you.